Welcome back to the BTS Happy Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea. With me today is Morgan. Hey, what's up? So there's some really interesting videos we've recently seen on YouTube. And the channel is from a guy named Techie underscore Ray. Techie Ray. And it says he is a self-taught coder from Sydney, Australia. Uh, he appears to be Korean based on his picture. And he used data analysis and modeling to determine which groups have the best synchronization in K-pop. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting the way he described it. The um, methodology was to take a bunch of clean dance sample videos where all the members are doing the same moves. And the app that he's programmed, it analyzes it frame by frame. Right. And compares like, hey, where their arms are, where their legs are, and how in sync everybody is. Right. And it calculates a score across all the frames that were analyzed. And then you assign the score to each group. Right. So it's very interesting what the results came up with. So he did one video that was all on boy groups. So um, there's certain groups that are probably known more for being really in sync all the time. And other groups mm -hmm. that are known for other things. Mm -hmm. And you would think that the bigger the group, oh, the harder it is to be synchronized but i guess that's not the case because 17 got their highest score and they have 13 members so their score was like 95.77 percent for the boy groups so right but they're known for being a good dancing group yeah they are they're known, known for, for that. that and um so they this guy looked at a lot of groups so he looked at shiny txt bts got seven monster x nct dream wavy EXO, NCT 127, Stray Kids, and 17. And like I said, 17 got the highest score. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting, all the results that they got. And kind of who you expected to be the high scores is like the ones that are really focused on dancing. Well, I, I like any time uh, data is introduced to a normally subjective topic. I, I, like, I like objective analysis injected into anything. So this was... It was fascinating. I, I think it's it's great. It's a great starting point to sort of say, oh well, I don't I I don't quite know the methodology, so I don't like not sometimes dances aren't meant to be synchronized. I don't know how how that's factored in. Right. Not everybody's supposed to be doing the same thing all the time in every dance, right? Yeah. And I can already I can already see some flaws or not flaws, but difficulties in in this measurement. I mean, number one. It depends a lot on what's shown by the camera, right? Like if the camera jerks around, then it will interfere with the data probably. Mm -hmm. I'm, that's my guess, right? Or the camera cuts to different things. That's not a very clean... And the way he chose things that had to uh, uncut. So that was solved. But other things like how many members there are will introduce a level of difficulty. It's easier for two people to synchronize than it is for 87, for instance, obviously but right? then yeah the fewer members like if one person's off then that really throws it off but then with the more members more people might make a mistake so right. it's like, i don't know there's like trade-offs right. to low to high number and this is a snapshot right it's just one it's just looking at a few performances you don't know in general how how well these groups are scoring he, it's a small sample size is what i'm trying to say maybe they they're very synchronized in general and they just had a few bad bad ones that were filmed right and another thing that doesn't take into account is how difficult the dances are. Yeah. Like a bunch of people just standing and moving their right arm, they could easily synchronize with each other. Yeah. But the more difficult the dance is, the more difficult it is to synchronize. Uh, that's, so I, I don't think his program could take difficulty into account. But it's still a fascinating analysis nonetheless. I think it would be more instructive to see 
because I just based on looking, I know that K-pop groups are very strong and they practice a lot. So they're very synchronized. I think it'd be more instructive to see compared to other genres, compared to like groups that dan- groups in the West and things like that. That's yeah. what I think would be more more interesting to see. Yeah. Because uh, from what I saw, uh, all of their scores are very very similar. Okay. The high is ninety five, the low is eighty seven. But how how different is that really? Yeah, there were a lot of high eighties and nineties scores. I feel as if that's not that different. My guess is if you perform the same analysis analysis on some groups from the West, you'd see scores in the sixties or something. Yeah. That is my guess, but you know, you you'd have to actually perform the analysis. You'd have to find groups that actually still dance. Like there aren't right. any. <laughs> if you can find an in sync, but it's it's hard because they didn't do videos where they just show an uncut dance routine. Yeah, they had videos right. that had little dancing. But my any. guess is that K-pop groups in general are strong. So if you're <laughs> if you're Stan and you're looking. To, to this analysis to say, hey, see, my group is better at dancing than yours. No, I don't think this, this is the piece of evidence you're looking for because I think if he were able to analyze other regions for synchronicity, I think what it would prove is K-pop in general is much stronger. Mm-hmm. I don't think it proves that one group is that much different than another group. They all are very strong. Yeah, like for example, like EXO had a score of 86.19% and the guy was trying to explain like he thinks it's because the dance line outdances the other members Mm -hmm. so there's that's why there's more of a difference and maybe they need to do more to get everybody to the same level yeah but still it's like that if you're going to compare that to right so western groups i it's 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 a fascinating i I definitely recommend watching it you'll enjoy watching it but i wouldn't recommend taking it as gospel to say well it's settled. This group is better at dancing than another. No, it, it doesn't say that. Yeah. It does not say that and like because you there's said, all these factors. Like you said, it doesn't account for difficulty level. No. And it also doesn't account for like if they're intentionally not trying to be super synchronized. Right. Like he was describing some of the different styles of each group and he was like, okay, BTS, their dance style is more storytelling and lyricism rather than everybody doing exactly the same moves. And then maybe that's why their score. Right. Their score was 87.77, which was still pretty good anyway, but it's like, okay, maybe that's why they're not at 95, like right. like 17. But, you know, maybe they're not trying to be at 95. They're trying mm-hmm. to have a little more individuality. So, But watch that. It's on YouTube. We also looked at girl groups in another video. And with that one, he actually changed his algorithm and he did all the same things. He got dance videos and put that in his calculations and which created 2D models and it looked at the gradient between the joints and this time he also factored in height differences so if a group has like a really big height difference within like the shortest and the tallest person then that's factored in and he also made it so if you have an odd number group then the algorithm only looked at the an odd number so they did minus one so if you have like eight members then they only looked at seven members because Mm. a lot of times those formations that person is like hidden behind someone else so that's what they he changed for the girl groups i guess because he thought that would make it more accurate Mm -hmm. so the groups that he looked at for the girl groups were blackpink everglow g friend g idol itsy red velvet clc dreamcatcher oh my girl wecky mecky momoland twice wsjn 
Luna and Eyes One. Cut, covered a lot of groups for the girl video. And 12 members got a score of 95.87, which was the highest score. Right. I, I think that this goes back to uh, difficulty contributing to it. Because as far as I can see, Eyes One don't have difficult dances. Yeah, and like girl groups overall. They just sort of stand and move around. There's not a knock. It's just... Yeah. There's a lot of members. They're not all good dancers. You, you have to take that into account, right? They probably keep it simple, so it's like right. everybody can do these moves. Yeah, their 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 dance moves are not difficult. Compare that to Itzy. I would say Itzy is probably the the strongest group dance wise, because it seems like the entire group can dance. Yeah, they have difficult dances, and they seem fairly synchronized to me. My guess is they would be the best best dance group, they, but that's not reflected in synchronicity. They still had a pretty high score. Itzy had ninety four point four two percent. So there's there's a there's drawbacks there's flaws to this analysis but then it is fascinating nevertheless. And I think girl groups just have less difficult choreography than the boy groups in general. Yeah, they do. And especially Eyes One. I just just watch one of their videos. It's, you know, just stand here, move your you know, there's not a lot of floor work. I don't think there's any usually, That's true. right? Yeah. It leaves it leaves something to be desired but applaud them for the effort uh, again i always like any sort of objectivity objective analysis being brought in there's a controversy with the group aoa which is a girl group from fnc entertainment that started in 2012 it started with eight members it's now down to four members i guess because of uh, people left the group they recently participated on the reality show Queendom, which had female K-pop groups competing against each other. And um, one member named Mina is the one who most recently left the group, which I think happened in the past year. And now this year, I'm, I feel like maybe now she's like, I want to let things off my chest. And so that's why now she's talking about another member, Jimin, who had been bullying her for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And... It's not really clear exactly what this bullying consisted of, but from what I can tell, it's, I think it's just like the stress of being in a group and, you know, everybody getting on the same page as far as dancing and various things. And I think the the bullying criticism is about when you're in a girl group and, you know, you're practicing and, you know, not everybody's getting the moves quickly. I think Jimin was more of more verbal in criticizing other people and getting frustrated with people, whereas everybody else just Mm -hmm. kind of kept their emotions within. And so I think that's the kind of thing that Mina is talking about, that Jimin would be bullying everybody else, especially her, and criticizing them. And she was saying that it got to the point where Mina would abuse sleeping pills and she was cutting herself because of the bullying and, and all this stuff that happened from Jimin. So it sounds like it's pretty serious. So uh, as a result of what Mina has been saying recently, FNC removed Jimin from the group. And then I don't know if it's her choice or not, but Jimin has retired from the industry completely. So I guess that means she won't sing Hmm. or sing for any group or go solo or anything else. So I think Mina's posts on this, the main point of it was to why she was talking about all of this now was to tell people to speak up if you're being bullied or abused and don't keep it inside because it's it'll damage you in, right. like it did with her and like when she was cutting herself and abusing sleeping pills. So I think she's trying to help other people who are in the same kind of stressful situations to how to deal with it. Well, I obviously, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Maybe it was uh, pretty severe bullying. Maybe it was just 
one person couldn't take a pretty normal amount of workload slash criticism. We don't know, right? Yeah. We do know in general that it's tough to be a K-pop star. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of pressure. And you are dealing with other people. I, I this We sort of talked about this last week. You don't know, sort of in jest though, you don't know that all... They like to present a picture that everybody gets along, everybody's friends. Hey, seven, five, seven, eight people, they're not all going to be friends, most likely. Just take you and any other eight people that you have to work with. You don't like all of them. Yeah. I think that probably... They tend to like each other more in K-pop because it's, you know, you go through the, the wars and the crucible together, right? There's that really shared, we've been battle tested together. Shared struggle. So they tend to be, on average, better friends than just you and the people you work with. Because they're just people, you're just, they're just thrust upon you, right? You don't really share that much with them. But you're still going to have people that don't like each other. That's all going to happen. They're human beings. So in that way, I don't think it's anything different or anything special. I do find it surprising that she just sort of has to leave now. The groups isn't the group basically gone then? Uh, it's just four yeah, members now. It struck me that it's they're kind of near the end of their run anyway. Yeah, they're anyway. near the end of their stuff anyway. They're ten years out. So. I feel like yeah. Like if this was said five years ago, maybe she wouldn't have been removed. Right. But they're just kind of near the end of AOA anyway. They look like they maybe they were gonna have a, a comeback after Queendom, but no. And probably FNC just thought this is. At this point, it's more trouble than it's worth, right? They probably just want to push Cherry Bullet, right? Uh, AOA is just, uh, it's in the past now. Yeah, and I think Mina, who's not even in the group anymore, she has nothing to lose. So she's like, well, I'm just going to say what was on my mind that I wanted to say before. I'm going to assume that it's true to her. That's the way she felt about it, genuinely. Is that exactly what happened? Well, there's two sides to every story, right? You felt you were bullied. Maybe the bully didn't feel like they were bullying you. Maybe they thought it was just, uh, it was just you know, tough critique from a coworker in a high, highly pressurized industry. Maybe that's what they thought. It could be just different personalities. You right. know, some people are more free with. I'm gonna say right. this or that. I'm frustrated. Right. Um, f this, f that. You know, like right. when they're getting frustrated. with It stuff. could just be different personalities. Absolutely. And even in personally speaking, like, I've been in workplaces where. Some people have a very rough personality. Like I've known people who had a, just a very abrasive personality and they're, they're so direct and I wouldn't call it bullying necessary, but they were very antagonistic, right? They were just so antagonistic, but they were also from, they were from Boston. They were Northeasterners. Now, if you don't know, if you're not American, you won't know this, but people from that region of our country are considered very direct, almost mean in a way, but not mean, just brusque and it's just it's just communication style yeah they're just very direct if you're if you're wrong or you're failing or some something they will just say it in the plainest way possible and other types of personalities and people from other regions and from other subcultures there are subcultures in america yes they don't take well to that they they want you to (laughs) be nicer about your criticism they'll just be like wow what a jerk right and they will then feel oh this is such a toxic work environment but is it really toxic did they try to get you fired? Did they physically assault you? Did they, you, you know, the, no. They, they criticized your work performance in a direct and uncompromising manner. And is that toxic? Well, according to some, it is. But also, in fairness, and they have a fair argument to some other people, it's not toxic. 
Just watch it. Just watch these specials where like a, a football coach or a sports coach talks to people. It's very direct. It's very, very uncompromising. If you went to the average workplace and talk to people that way, you'd be considered very toxic.、Mm-hmm. So it's a difference in culture, maybe. It's a difference in personalities and how much you can handle it. If you played organized sports in America and especially football, and you can't handle people talking to you that way, you quit early on because you found out that's how people talk to you. They would yell at you, tell you you messed up. Tell you go do this, do that. What's wrong with you, etc., etc. And they also lays profanity in there too. I'm sanitizing it. <laughs> it's it's much worse than that. But that's normal, and it continues. That sort of language continues even into the professional leagues. And we're talking about millionaires yelling at other millionaires. So you can imagine at lower levels, college, high school, etc. They still talk to you that way. Some people will call it abusive. Well, you shouldn't play sport. You shouldn't play football. Then other people. They say it's not abusive. They say it's tough love. It's the directness they need in a highly pressurized industry where there's no time to coddle anybody, and they don't want to coddle anybody. So it's appropriate for that culture and that industry. I'm gonna have to say K-pop is closer to football and sports than it is to your average workplace. So I'm sure that she did interpret it as, oh, this is toxic. She like proved that she was self-harming herself. So obviously she it did impact her. Yeah. But maybe she is just. Her personality is not suited to that. I don't know. We can't say for sure. Maybe she was targeted. But what if she wasn't targeted? What if the other members were also talked to that way? But then, as far as we can tell, none of them have said, "Oh, I was impacted this way." Maybe they just let it roll off their backs. Yeah, just like a certain people. If you were put on a football team and people talk to you the way that people are typically talked to, you couldn't handle it. You would quit. Other people, they think, "Okay, fine, they can handle it." Sometimes it's just a difference in personality, the type of person. Sometimes you just have to hear what the person's saying and kind of ignore how it's delivered, if if it's in a harsh way or not. Yeah, and I'm not going to. I'm not trying to blame her, Mina. Right? I'm not for, trying for to not say for not taking it well. Yeah, you took it the wrong way. You have to take it this other way. Well, people are different, right? Some people are、yeah. more sensitive. So I'm not saying, oh, it's wrong that you were this impacted by it. F- football is not for everybody. That culture is not for everybody. But unfortunately. In her situation, she couldn't just quit, right? It's not like you were on your high school football team. You experienced that culture. It was way too toxic, way too direct, you know, for you. So you just quit. Well, fortunately, you can just do that on your high school football team. But could she do that? This is her career, right? For the past eight years or sign a contract, right? So no, she couldn't do that. So she's stuck there. Unfortunately, it might be a situation where she was unfairly targeted, but it also might be a situation where this is just not the culture for her. People are generally nice to each other in most workplaces, right? And I think that's good because most people—that's probably what they're looking for. And I think most people can't handle a working culture like a football team, like a professional sports team. I don't think I could, but I don't do those jobs, right? Yeah, I mean, even in my just regular work experiences, you run into difficult people. And I've read a couple of books on this, and it tells you how to deal with different personality types, different communication styles.、Mm-hmm. So. Maybe that kind of information would have been helpful for Mina, but you know, just to help yourself deal with these other sorts of forceful、right. personalities better, like that、right. maybe would have helped her not be as stressed about it. But it would be interesting to hear Jim inside of it if she thought she was being a bully, if she you know, thought, well, or she thought be, she was just blowing off steam, or maybe she thought, you know, something else. Or maybe、else. she thought she was just being a because she's a leader, so it's on the leader a lot of times to enforce discipline, right? You are not doing this correctly.、Yeah. Shape up, etc., etc. It's on the leader to 
impart those sorts of messages, right? Just like it's on the coach to tell people what you are doing wrong. And there are some coaches who are nicer than other coaches. There are some coaches who are a lot meaner than other coaches. Some of the mean ones are successful. Some of the nice ones are successful, you know? Yeah. But even a lot of the mean ones, after all is said and done, a lot of their players come back and say, I love that coach, you know? I'm, I was okay with the way they communicated. We're like, yeah, he got us to where we needed yeah, to go. He, he, we were winners because of, of the discipline, because of the rigor, because of the standards that he imposed. But not all people are cut out for that. I would be interested to hear what the other members have to say about... Because if all, all the people say, well, your behavior is unacceptable, then okay, maybe it was unacceptable. But if most of us, if a lot of them say, well, they were strict, but generally fair. Right. Like, the, like Jimin was just trying to be helpful. Right. Or not even be helpful, just trying to enforce standards right mm -hmm. that's a that's a culture that's a thing and we don't know whether it's was part of her just reacting poorly to a culture or truly she was targeted by a person unfairly i do think that people should they should just accept that this is this is probably the way it is behind the scenes for a lot of your k-pop groups most yeah. workplaces aren't results oriented like if yeah. the other person does their job poorly then who cares just keep that in mind and also let that give you a, a newfound respect and appreciation for your favorite K-pop artists because this is, the, this is what they have to go through. Do they go through bullying necessarily? No, not necessarily, but it's tough. It's probably close to like a coach yelling at you, right? Just watch all the, watch all the reality shows where they form groups. Are any of those coaches nice? They're all they're all mean as hell. If you had to work with a person like the coaches you see on the K-pop reality shows, would you want to keep working at that place? Probably not. Would you complain to HR that this person is toxic? Probably, right? But that's normal. And it's so normal that they're willing to show you that on TV. You know why? They clearly think that sort of behavior is normal. And even just okay. This is normal and it's okay. And this is what these artists need to become what we need them to be. It tells you that behind the scenes, it might even be a little worse, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what they have to deal with. That's what they have to come through. It's hard work. It's not easy. It's you have to be mentally tough. Uh, they did it. Your average K-pop artist is probably mentally tougher than your average human being. Probably mentally tougher than you are, right? They have to work long hours. They have to deal with people talking to them in this way. They have to deal with this, these sorts of standards, and it's very aggressive and strict. Yeah, so it's a very <laughs> stressful workplace. Yeah, more so, than more stressful than most. Yeah, I have a newfound respect for what they had to go through to become what they are it, you know the finished product it seems nice and it seems happy and it's like oh yay dancing and singing and oh look it it's a, a happy song like oh but the hard work and the discipline and the the rigor that had to, to happen behind the scenes to create that product it's way tougher than your workplace i almost guarantee you unless you know you know i won't say for sure because maybe some listeners have very tough workplaces but k-pop is tougher than average just i'm sure of that and it's you have the members, they have to act like, oh, we're all best friends. We all love each other on social media and everything. So right. it's like there's a whole other layer to it. It gives you, yeah, it gives you a false sense. I wouldn't say they're lying. It's part of the product. It's part of the product for them to say, oh, we're all best friends. And they're not all best friends. It's like, okay, Jimin, whatever, yelled at Mina that day. And then the same day, it's like, we did a selfie and we're on Facebook. Right. And yeah, they're not together. all best friends. None of this means that she wasn't bullied. Maybe the, what she experienced did go above and beyond all this, but we don't know. Let's just try to yeah. look at the situation right. from all the different angles. Recently, there's been some criticism of the use of the Snow app, which if you're not familiar with it, it seems to be 
an app where you can edit your pictures, you can add filters, you can kind of change your features and edit them and how you want them to look better. And then you post your picture on social media. And Snow is an app that idols often use. And they use the app and often they make themselves look lighter skinned or they edit themselves to be thinner or, you know, improve their features in some way. Mm. And so some people are kind of criticizing how often idols use this app to make them look different and they're saying that maybe this is encouraging an unhealthy beauty standard and they're saying this is not a good thing and mm-hmm. you know idols should try to look more natural like how they actually look right when they're posting their pictures i don't see this as very different than facetune or any of the many other apps that people use right. here in the west so i don't think this is a unique thing to k-pop but um, right but what do you think of the snow app i mean could promoting unrealistic because i i do see some pictures where it just does seem unnatural like wow your waist is not that thin is it that doesn't seem possible <laughs> with human anatomy so they're probably using these apps in those situations but at the same time does it promote unrealistic standards no i would argue no because people are aware of the apps when you see a picture, are you not aware that has probably been digitally altered? So if you're aware of that, then is it creating a standard in your mind? It shouldn't be. It's like if anything, you just think, well, it creates a standard as far as how good your you know, like photo editing skills are. Go ahead. If you, if you want to meet that standard, then just take a picture of yourself and use the app to your heart's content, right? <laughs> so that's, that's all it's doing. Is it creating a, a standard where kind of everybody has to use these apps when they post their own pictures? Otherwise, they feel ugly. Maybe, but I don't think that's necessarily unhealthy because it's just, okay, now you have to use an app. It's, like, it's not like they're doing anything unhealthy to yeah, your body. Yeah, it's not bodies. like you're doing anything to your body. You just know you've got to toy around in an app for a little bit, You right? just have to make sure you're good at using right. this app. Right. <laughs> so it, it, it's unhealthy in that it wastes people's time in the app. They can't just take a picture and go anymore. You have to, you know, mess with some sliders in this app. Okay, but that's not unhealthy. It's just kind of a waste of time, right? But, you know, hey, nobody told you you have to post pictures on social media. That's really not required by law. So if you don't want to participate (laughs) in this quote-unquote culture, then just don't. Don't post pictures on social media. I don't think that people are going to have anorexia because of this. Because, you know, back in the day, maybe they could have an argument because not everybody was that savvy about photo editing and things like that. So they looked at a magazine and they thought, oh, this person really looks like that. Yeah. But in 2020, I've got to say that pretty much everybody knows that mm, pictures probably got some digital alterations. You yeah. know because you, you probably digitally alter your photos. If everybody knows about Snow and you know? Facetune and Photoshop, then how is it surprising that, oh, everybody's not perfect? Then yeah. you, shouldn't, you should you're know. You're not surprised. Right. You're not surprised because you've done it with your own photos. Now, if you're not intelligent enough to extend that same logic to other people's photos, I don't know what to say to you. You should be. Nobody should be looking at some idol's photo and say, right. wow, they look amazing. That, that right. must be 100% that must just natural. Be what they look like. It's like no, well, you shouldn't be that naive. Right. When you post your own photo, don't you like alter it a lot? Probably you do, right? So if you're altering your photos when you post it, why is it when you see celebrity photos, you just assume, ah, no, they didn't do any alterations to it? No, of course they did. <laughs> and so when they present an image, I think people are more inoculated these days than ever because they know yeah that was digitally altered 
It's like, that's a filter. I don't feel bad about that's the way. Edited. Yeah, I don't feel bad the way I look because that picture is just digitally altered. Yeah. Now, the people I feel bad for are celebrities who really look awesome. Like, imagine if you're a celebrity and you needed very little digital alteration and you just looked awesome. And then you posted your photo and people just dismiss it and said, yeah, you probably digitally altered your photos. <laughs> that would be terrible, wouldn't it? You're not getting the credit you right. deserve. Right. And I used to be of the, of the mindset that if I wanted to really know how people looked and I... I said, well, I don't trust your photos. I want to see if you really look that attractive. So I'm, I'm going to watch videos because the video will tell the truth. That will show Where them. the photo did not, right? But no, technology has improved to the point where they can alter video as well. Now you can't trust anything. You can't trust anything. And makeup still does a lot too. People yeah, makeup underrate makeup, right. good makeup skills. Right. Makeup does a lot. I mean, they can make men look like women. So look yeah. at all the most popular YouTube makeup stars. They're all men. Yeah. Because they're, they, they show you the power of makeup, right? That's, why that's my theory as to why they're so popular. So the only people I feel bad for are the people who are truly, truly exceptionally attractive. I know that's a weird thing to say because usually you'd say, I don't feel sorry for you because life is great for you. And although, yes, it is still great for them, so I probably shouldn't feel bad for them. But they probably don't get the credit they deserve due to everybody having access to technology that kind of levels the playing field. Right? Yeah, and very few people will see that person in person right. and give them right. the credit. The it's only like, way oh, you would know, you know that this person is that beautiful is to see them in person. And how many people see them in person? Very, very few. If, if you're in a video or if you're in a photo and you look that good, most people are just going to dismiss it or half, not dismiss it. They're not going to say you're ugly or anything, but they're going to assume that, oh yeah, you had uh, help with yeah. the photo editing or the digital editing. But no, some people are really just that beautiful. And, you know, one, one in a million type person. And they're not going to get that credit anymore. Because the rest of us, lesser people, have access to these technology, these tools, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel a little bad for them. Well, what about the criticism of snow to where, oh, idols are using it because they're going to lighten their skin and then they, they look whiter. Is that encouraging, like, colorism? Oh, I don't care. I mean, does, is colorism a thing? Yes. Asians don't think darker people are as attractive. Let's just be real. I mean, that's a thing that exists, right? But is that the fall of an app? No. They would just use um, makeup or they would just hire people who have lighter skin. That's how colorism would rear its head, right? It's certainly not the app's fault. That's, yeah. the, that's, that's, a, that's a product of a cultural mindset. I don't even know that it's about having light skin. I think it's just that when there's more lighting like if you're out in the in the daylight it's more flattering so i just think sometimes it's like oh you do this kind of filter that makes everything more flooded with light like it's not really about oh I, i'm trying to not have a dark skin tone it's more flattering to, to have the lighter picture yeah i have a lot of light because that right that like sunlight out, is more flattering right smooths out the your flaws right i was i thought you were saying lighter skin is more attractive in sunlight which is not true you do kind of look washed out sometimes but more light in general is more flattering. Yeah. Well, sunlight is always the most flattering lighting, obviously. Yeah, Everyone I just don't that. know if it's about, oh, I'm trying to have white skin because I think white is better than darker skin. It may not be that entirely, but I, it would be disingenuous to say that that attitude doesn't exist. Yeah. That attitude does exist. Yeah. I mean, in Asian cultures, they, they view, view generally view darker skin as less attractive. That's true. It's not the fault of snow app. That's the fault of a lot of th different things, culture and society, whatever. I can almost guarantee you it's not the fault of the app. There's a tool they use to present 
You know, they would use other tools if the app didn't exist, just like they did for years and years and years. I wasn't familiar with the app, but I just downloaded it, and I think I'm going to keep it. It's very, very powerful. Now that we know about it, it's yeah. like, oh, this looks really yeah, good. I, I can, <laughs> Let I can, me use this. I can this. look a lot, lot better in my pictures. <laughs> so I'm just happy that I was made aware of this app. So thank I know you. I'm so late to the game. I know lots of people have downloaded it. It's a commonly known app. But I didn't know. Like, thank you. Now I know what I can use to help my photos. I was an idiot. I was just taking pictures, like regular pictures, and maybe using a couple of the default filters available. But that's rudimentary compared to the stuff on this app. Jesus. Like, the thing will triangulate your nose and the shape of your face. Yeah. And you can say things like, make my nose thinner. And like, it'll make your nose thinner. Give me cheekbones. How? How did you know where my nose was? But, you know, technology. It knows where your nose is. It knows where your cheekbones are. You know, there's facial recognition technology. Technology has just advanced so much. Yeah. The only thing is you have to be careful of doing too many things all at once. Right. Then people (laughs) just won't even recognize you. And they'll say, what did you do to your picture? It becomes like that Khloe Kardashian picture where she looks like a completely different person. Right. Like, I don't know how she did that, but I'm sure it was because it of It was due to these app. apps, yeah. <laughs> Although, to be fair, in that picture, she still looks like an actual human being, just a much more attractive human being. I know the picture you're talking about. Yeah. She looks like a much more attractive person, but still a real person, but not her. It's not her. It doesn't look like her no. anymore. But it still looks like a real person. And some of these pictures I've seen, like, they're just edited to hell, and they don't really look like real people anymore. You have to have a lighter hand with it, with how many things you change. Don't change a hundred things. Or a more skilled hand. I'm sure she didn't do the editing on that picture. I'm sure it was a professional. Yeah. So if a professional got a hold of it, they can make you look super attractive. But you may not look like yourself anymore. But they can make you look super attractive and also at the same time look like a real person. And also, don't even do this for, let's say, you're using it for like a dating app. Because then you show up and you don't look that way. Yeah, that's How's true. that going to go over, man? You don't want to be too right. inaccurate. Right. Or, I don't know, maybe there's tricks around that. Maybe you can do all that and then when you show up on your date, just make sure it's in a dimly lit area. <laughs> and maybe that will fly. I don't know how many consecutive dates you can hold in dimly lit areas, but probably not that many. I don't know. I'm not on Tinder, so I don't know like if this is a workable strategy or not. Oh, I'm glad to download the app. Yeah, Do you, I'll be they, using it. They have a lot of powerful features. Right. I won't be doing any stupid things like filters that put bunny ears on me or anything, but I'll do things to make myself look better, just in subtle ways. And I think that's always okay. That's good. You know, it's no different than just taking more professional photos or putting on, doing your hair well or like putting on makeup. These are all just things that people do to present themselves in the best light possible. It's like having a professional photographer or makeup artist. Right. In 2020, these apps are just part of that. And we all understand, I think, that they exist and they probably contributed to a, a given image, right? We all just understand that and we accept it. Yeah, and I don't think it's wrong that idols are using Snow app. And no. They shouldn't be criticized It's absolutely not or wrong. And, and sometimes, you know, maybe they just use it because they just, they didn't want to sit in a makeup chair and do their hair. And they were just a little lazy, right? And then you can add some of these filters that add all those things. You know, they didn't mess with their face so much that it doesn't look like them. They just did the, they, it was just a shortcut to put on makeup and just to make themselves look better, right? But they didn't narrow their nose a ton or something like that, right? 
Yeah. It still looks like them. It just it was a quick way to create a presentable uh, picture for social media. And there's nothing wrong with that. You have to understand that's it's their job. If they posted a picture where they look like total death and they had no makeup and they just look like trash we criticize that we say why why are you looking that way today yeah why do you look so bad like anything that was not presentable right people would have a lot don't lie especially in k-pop don't lie people say things like that like why do you look so terrible right so you know you can't have it both ways this is a tool they use to look presentable thank you to our guest morgan you can find BTS Happy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. New episodes weekly. Please comment, leave a review, or rate wherever you are listening to the podcast. Follow BTS Happy Hour on Twitter and Facebook. Until next time, this has been the BTS Happy Hour. Thanks for listening. And remember, make every hour a happy one.